0: all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. In true Cala fashion, I have tried to record in a new way, and messed it up completely. So we are recording off my phone, so bear with me as we go through this. But I am here today with my friend Laura, who has been in my life for 20 years. Yay! (laughs) And this is really cool because this is the first recording I've actually done face-to-face. I feel special. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted you to come on because we've been through so much. Yes. Trying to think of like the perfect starting point for us. I guess how we first met, but I don't really want that on the record.
1: I mean, uh, we could talk just strictly (laughs) about the fact that we were in gym class and neither of us was completely motivated to actually participate in said gym class.
0: Yeah, I was like Daria. Yeah. I feel like that's really who I was all through high school. You would
1: agree. Clearly, she would agree. (laughs) Okay. I was Daria. (laughs) Got it. Next question. Um,
0: That's awful. Yeah, we met in a questionable situation and basically what it comes down to is I was in trouble. hmm I needed some help. Some anatomy. That just makes it even worse. But yes, I needed some help. Anatomical distance. We... <laughs> I needed some help. Yes. And you were there. Yes. And we you were like non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. Just willing to help. Mm-hmm. Brought a lot of humility to the situation for what it was. <laughs> Right?
1: I brought a lot of something.
0: Yeah. Yes. So, okay. So, a lot of the humility. And then we got through it. And it was one of those moments where once you go through something with somebody, they can't not be your friend.
1: <laughs> well, you can't take that back. <laughs> like, the I like scars that. are forever burned <laughs> from that moment, but which is I, a good thing.
0: I like the way I worded it better.
1: I mean, tomato, tomato. Okay. 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 So,
0: you frustrate me, but I need you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we, yes, trying times. We've been friends. We've been yes. friends ever since said moment.
1: Said moment.
0: Yes. Okay. Then we go through high school together. Mm hmm. Pretty close all four years. Yes. We like, survived. Yeah. Ridiculously close. Yes. Um, college came. Mm hmm. And we were no more. We had that small period of time. I guess like freshman year, like before you come home Mm -hmm. for like the second, for like the summer. Yeah. You've been gone long enough, but then you see each other at like the holidays and then you go back and then when you come back, it's just different.
1: It was, and I think a lot of it was that first baby, my Haley came into the picture. Yeah. And that was such a huge life change. And all of a sudden when we had been kind of on similar tracks and doing our own thing, but separately, but we were within the same you know, on, in the same chapter and all of a sudden a baby came along. Different books. Totally different <laughs> books. That's exactly what I yeah. was going to say. Different books. And then it just threw things like off for a loop.
0: Yeah. I oh God. That was part of it. I think, yeah, that was a major part of it because mm-hmm. then we didn't talk for, gosh, almost two years. Mm-hmm. It was about um, that. Yeah. And then, so, did someone pass? I'm sure someone, like, in our great... Or something tragic happened, basically. And it was, like, a common Mm -hmm. thing between us. And Mm -hmm. I can't even remember what it was. But we both reached out to one another. Kind of, like, ironically around the same time. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't even remember, like, who reached out first. I don't just I just remember we came together. And that's kind of how it always is. It's never, like, this one person. We just end up getting pulled back together somehow. Right. So that happened. And then we started talking and, like... Out of our entire, like, 20-year friendship, that's, like, Mm -hmm. the only blip I remember. Yeah. Of, like, we didn't talk. Yeah. here's why. And then I don't remember any other,
1: like, issues. No. Like, between that. I think that was a huge, that was a huge growing point for us. I mean. Yeah. We've all. Well, you had to adult and I didn't. But at the same time, within that time frame, and I'm trying to remember, because what year did you get married in? 2008. Okay. And I was later in 2008 because I was pregnant with Sophia when you got married. And that was within the time frame where we had kind of started to talk again, but hadn't fully but it, yeah. gotten back yet. because It we was longer than
0: two years that we didn't talk then. I think it was. It was way longer than that. Because we
1: weren't it's involved with like, each other's weddings, which is bizarre.
0: Yeah, you think so about so weird. It?
1: You know, it's crazy. But it was that time frame when... It was probably four years. Probably. So Isn't four years crazy? we didn't
0: talk. That is wild. hmm And here we are mm-hmm. in our 30s, hiding in my mom's house recording a podcast. Yes.
1: <laughs> and she's downstairs making cookies for us. <laughs> Clearly we've grown up. We have really, I mean, I've got to
0: reevaluate some things.
1: Uh, but it's crazy. I think the fact that we could go through everything that we went through separately, yeah. but still to come together, because a lot of friendships wouldn't come back around full circle. And, and be like, yeah, I, I knew them once,
0: yeah, and like we can still pick up, like, regardless of like how many years or whatever has mm-hmm. gone by, just right exactly, yeah,
1: where we've always been. And you know, I don't think we've ever actually talked about the fact that we didn't talk for the four years. Like we've kind of, we mentioned never it have. really, but we've never actually talked about the fact that we had that period of time. Like I've never thought that it was that long until we actually talked about it. No. I, yeah, I,
0: I would have literally said it was like a year or two. Yeah,
1: I thought two years is me being gracious, mm-hmm. but it was really four years. Yeah, holy shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. But but those those were like pivotal of, points. Those yeah. were pivotal years, four years. Uh-huh. God, you want to talk about it? We can. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Well, now that we've kind of opened it up, I think what um, I, I was, I, I couldn't even tell you. I know that I came to visit you. Yep. And you had had your oldest. Yes. And I was like just 21. Mm hmm. Lots of drinking. Lots and I'm of sugar. Sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we went out with friends. What I remember is that we had gone out with friends, like, over the course of the like, week or whatever. Yeah, like, a couple days. Like, yeah, over a couple Yeah, we nights. had gone over, and I think, looking back, I think the biggest thing that happened was that I had this other life going on, and you had your other life going on, and we tried to mesh them together. And it was a mess. And it was a mess. Yeah, and I, I think... in our face. It was, like, there was a birthday party for my ex-husband that was going on at the time. Remember, I went out to that. Yes. And I got back, and you had been... Like, I was trying to mix too many things at once. Yeah, there was
0: a lot going on in your schedule, and I was super immature, and then I got really, really sick. Yeah. Oh, you got so sick. I was so sick. Like, I could not get off your couch. Yeah. And, like, and I'm not – when I'm sick, anyone but my husband will tell you this. I'm not very dramatic. I'm Mm -hmm. (laughs) – you know, he'll say I am, but it's just because he's so cute when he brings me coffee. But um, (laughs) – no, but I think I'm usually the one that will, like, get up and just – Mm-hmm. hang on as long as I can, mm-hmm. and I got really, really sick, mm-hmm. and, um, and I wasn't sensitive to that at all, and that, well, I think, I think you would had enough, too, because I think mm-hmm. you were trying to do the mom and wife thing, mm-hmm. and the older crowd friend thing, mm-hmm. and here I was, 21, naive, re- literally, because I hadn't been home in so right. many years, reconnecting with all
1: the ex-flings, mm-hmm. super immature, there was a lot of emotion going on, even just seeing ex-flings and friends and people, there, there was like- a lot. There There was was a lot going on for you that
0: I probably wasn't aware of. I know for for a fact I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Because now, like, as a mom with kids, like, I can mm -hmm. look back and say, like, oh, my God. Like, if I was a house guest to myself at that age, like, I would have been going crazy.
1: And had I – knowing what I know now, hosting somebody and being there for a friend, a lot of it is just – being a friend, and we just yeah. had that period of time where we were in we our didn't own worlds know how. and we didn't get
0: yeah, they what didn't, we were supposed to do. They weren't blending. Yeah. That's really interesting. Because I remember I got really, really sick, and mm-hmm. She Who Will Not Be Named mm-hmm. was the biggest see you next Tuesday mm-hmm. I had ever met in my entire life. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like enough so that I had to call. You called. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be named. named. Yeah, but he was like, come stay, and that's not what I needed. Like, I was sick. I wasn't yeah. down to get down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know what Sorry. I mean? Sorry. was remember like, death.
0: <laughs> So I called the one guy, and I'm not going to say his- – I don't even know if you know who I ended up staying with that nice – Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. She whispered it, guys. Yes. Um, yes, that's who it was. And I ended up, like, calling the one – well, there was two guys, but one of the two guys in mm-hmm. high school that would have done anything for me. Yes. And I played to their emotion, and they were like – oh my gosh, had like chicken soup waiting for me, Aww. tea waiting, like had a bed, like had it turned down, had the room perfect, See like totally it? took care of me. But that's and what then I should have made done, sure, you know? I, oh, well, no, it's just funny. Introspect. Yeah, that's interesting. You but know? I was like, okay, like totally took care of me, got me to the airport. And then that mm-hmm. was like, the universe is funny. I think it was definitely taking us through like, like you said, our own paths that mm-hmm. we had to go through for whatever, like, cosmic, religious, whatever yep. reason, yep. Um, our path went that way because that, like, set the tr- – that's so crazy. I'm mm-hmm. just realizing it. That trip and everything that happened, like, on the way back home feeling, like, so weak and mm-hmm. so miserable um, really set the trajectory for probably the next two and a half, three years of my life.
1: Really? That very trip that I didn't realize till just now. Yeah. Once you start putting the sequence of events together and you really think about what happens and what our next steps were and – The growing that we did, because it was within that time frame then that you met Simon. Yeah. So that was another big life event that, like... Yeah. You know, I got to know him. I mean, what I kind of recall, we went through life. We had our weddings. Mm -hmm. We kind of talked to each other a little bit, because we knew... Here and there. Yeah, but it was very fleeting and I don't think we were completely ready. To yeah, it like... wasn't a deep, it wasn't deep conversation yeah. by any means. But then you and Simon came back and the first time I met him was when you guys came back for a wedding. Yeah. And that was like the first time I had been back home and mm-hmm. probably since that trip. Yeah. So that, yeah. Yeah. So five years, I bet. Yeah. Holy and then we finally, and I remember I was so nervous to see you. Like I was stupid really? nervous because we had gone through such a you know, we had started talking by that point, obviously, and yeah. we had gotten kind of back into our old, you know, groove and everything yeah. a little bit, but it was that It trip. was
0: chit-chat, but I feel like it was, there was love, like, underneath the chit-chat, you yeah. know? And so, like, I knew we could go deeper, but we were mm-hmm. both still trying to figure it out. hmm Or not knowing how far we could, like, just jump back into things. Yeah. I think caut- cautiously optimistic. I think so. <laughs> you know, there wasn't an yeah. ill intent towards it. It just no. was what it was.
1: But think about how long ago that was and where we're at now. And look yeah. at our conversations then. Yeah. And where we're at now. And I think a lot of that, you know, we've had five kids between us within that time frame. We've had holy shit. Why a divorce. You? We've had you know, friendships, deaths. deaths, I mean crazy amounts of things. Yeah. Depression. Depression, anxiety, alcoholism, parents crazy, more divorces. Real, I mean, realistically, we've probably had, like, four divorces between us and... Yeah, there's been a lot of, You know, of with like, people and friends, you know, family and whatnot. Yeah.
0: Which, that's kind of funny because earlier today when we were, like, kind of having this epiphany moment of, yes. like, you know, what we... What our friendship really is, is that when we met, we were faced with a problem mm-hmm. and we solved it together. Mm-hmm. And, like, then, like, as these things... Like, we were we were talking earlier mm-hmm. today, for those of you who are listening... And like, we just were like, had this aha moment that we will figure it out. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what we always say to each other. We'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. And Mm -hmm. that's how our friendship has always just maintained through all these different things. Because I knew that if it got bad enough, and you knew that if it got bad enough, Mm -hmm. you could call me and Mm -hmm. we figure it out. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so that's why I think it's really funny that this Deep of a friendship and shallow at points, but I mean it's kind of been yeah. a, a wave, so to speak, it and has. it's it's been really cool. Like I hadn't thought about the divorces and the kids and and all the stuff that kind of happened mm-hmm. in between. Absolutely I really thought about that. A lot yeah. of life, a lot of life, mm-hmm. and you've had to go through a lot of life in the last mm-hmm. couple of mm-hmm. years. Yeah, are
1: you nervous? no i i if you had asked me two years ago how nervous I was, I would have been a shit show disaster like because I just couldn't comprehend the emotions involved with all the changes and how much life I was gonna do yeah. and I've probably packed you like, wouldn't
0: have seen where you're at now two years ago no like you couldn't have even fathomed
1: where you're at no not at all I mean i I wished for or wanted to come out on the other side and I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew I wanted something different. something to, something else something different but the amount of life and everything that's packed into two years now, like it doesn't even make me nervous anymore because it's just I figure it out. We figure it out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Damn. Mhm. Damn. I'm getting deep.
0: I want to talk about though because like we navigate things we have through mm-hmm. our like again the theme kind of evolved this, mm-hmm. so we're in like a really weird transition spot with our life mm-hmm. right now because. You are a recovering alcoholic, mm-hmm. and I'm
1: now spokesperson, campaign mm-hmm. advocate for cannabis. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is an interesting friendship in that respect. Like, when you, you know, look at it, just yeah. label-wise. Label-wise. It's very interesting.
0: But, like... I feel like you've been totally supportive. Like you're like great. I mean, I had to yes. tell you to get on and like my stuff so that I can get more. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, you're busy. Like, <laughs> no. <I'm> just click <laughs> like everything, please. <laughs> like the thing. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, what's it like for I guess what is that like for you? Do you worry about certain things or do you have questions about certain things? I have a ton of questions as far as like how it would affect our relationship.
1: You know, I don't have questions about how it would affect our relationship. I have questions about what you use, when you use it, why you use it, all the W's about it because I find it super interesting. Okay. I think what's interesting to me is, and I guess it's similar for drinking, for people that can drink normally, I can't comprehend how a person can use a substance so responsibly. (laughs) Okay. And without issue because I know, I mean, my drinking, I I know that one is too much and a thousand is never enough. Okay? When it comes to drinking. And so I think it would be similar for me for any substance that alters my state of mind. I would use it as a crutch and one would be too much and a thousand would never be enough. Whereas oh. you don't have that alcoholic brain. You don't have that addictive.
0: But I have a very addictive you. personality.
1: Think about all the other yeah. things. I'm very compulsive, I guess. I'd say you're compulsive maybe, but I think I think it's how you approach the use of it. And I think there are so many people in recovery as well that can use cannabis and they can use, you know, all the different... I mean, I know there's so much more to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can use it without it affecting their lives negatively. And there are people similarly that can use alcohol without it affecting them negatively. They can have one or two drinks. And turn it off. Yeah. And I don't have that button turn it off. I love the idea of using... Do you think
0: that because, like, I mean, alcohol is like a... It makes you Mm -hmm. depressed. It makes you worse. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like cannabis does the exact opposite. Right. I feel like it opens it up. It helps me, like, see things clearly so Mm -hmm. that I can navigate my life without the depressants, without the Mm -hmm. anxiety just seems to, like, kind of float away, um... I feel lighter. Yeah. I feel like, okay, I can see this for what it is and maybe how I was feeling about it before. So mm-hmm. twisted. No. From whatever. It's interesting. And, and, and it's, an, it's an opening thing for me. It's it's an elevated experience. Right. It's not a... But I don't feel out of control.
1: And that's that's interesting because I think I would like to know more and see the biggest difference between like the CBD oil and the THC. Mm-hmm. And how they're being used, and I could see, I can totally see the benefits, especially when we've talked a little bit about the CBD and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's a lot of benefit to that, and I think that's something that a lot of recovering addicts can and do use. Okay. I think it's just a... But is it
0: replacing one with the other?
1: Is that what you're... P- yeah. Is that
0: kind of like the stigma around it?
1: Um, I, you know, I think especially with, you know, if you're smoking a joint, you're smoking marijuana, if that's your... You yeah. kind of turn to that. I think for some people in the recovery world, that's totally acceptable and they don't view that as um, replacing one thing with another. I mean, I guess they do. They, they view it as replacing one thing with something that's safer and better. Um, but it's still the idea of doing the calculated thing or right the, re- the reliance on one certain thing maybe. I suppose. yeah, I think my my biggest thing is if you're gonna use something, be it marijuana, other pills, food, exercise, i mean, whatever yeah, it is—if you're using it to shut down emotions so that you don't feel, that's where the problem is. Because that's where my drinking was—the the biggest problem was because I was shutting down all of my emotions because I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to com- confront or deal with the things that were happening around me and to me and in front of me. So I would drink so that I didn't have to deal with it. And I think if you start smoking because you want to. Escape or whatever. Escape if you're if your whole sole purpose is to get high and not deal with the things that are around you, that's where I think the problem is.
0: See, and that's funny because that um that's why I started using. Okay. That's why I was at a point where I didn't feel um connected with my husband. Okay. I didn't feel like I was being a good mom, even though everyone was telling me I was an awesome one. mm mm-hmm. I, I thought I could do better. I knew I could do better. Sure. Um, my body hurt from Mm -hmm. chronic illness Mm -hmm. (laughs) and stress. Um, there was a lot of shit I was carrying that I wasn't aware of that I was carrying. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is something I've never done. And I literally wanted to try that to have that escape. I didn't know Mm -hmm. how long a high was going to last. I didn't know,
2: Mm -hmm. um...
0: I honestly thought that it would make me just what now I know the terms couch lock, you know, Mm -hmm. but just I literally thought I would just like sit on the couch and just Mm -hmm. lay there and maybe laugh at like some stoner movie Mm -hmm. or eat some like snacks, you know, I didn't, I just, I didn't, I, I thought it was a way to chill out. Right. And it didn't do that to me at all. Yeah. It did the thing where I was able to like, I talked about this in, in a previous episode that mm-hmm. like when I'm stoned or medicated or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. I can see, I see kind of in like a prism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I see all the like details of what I'm trying to face and mm-hmm. I can look at them from like every angle. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. so when I started using that, it really opened up, I guess, into my subconscious now that I say it of, mm-hmm. of like past trauma. Sure. Past, um... Thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was able to relax and like feel my body the way it was supposed to feel. Like I didn't feel like I had this like bound up with twine, you yeah, know, like so yeah, like absolutely. trying to like keep it together. That all like I could physically feel a release. Mm-hmm. I could feel the weight off. I could stretch and actually feel the stretches I could work out and feel the workout I could mm-hmm. eat food like that was one of my favorite things to do when I first started smoking weed yeah I would li- I was literally like eating my way backwards through my childhood that's amazing <laughs> and that was like and it just became fun yes. it was like okay Taco Bell still tastes bomb even when it's uh, <laughs> like it's Taco even fabulous. it's great when it's yes. not and it's great when you're stoned it's like it takes it to a different level My mom's no-bake cookies, which I was just currently begging her to make. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those taste like heaven on earth. But then there's, like, other things that I would eat that just wouldn't, like... I was like, this is fucking gross, you know, and <laughs> like, this is awful. And I used to like consume this all the mm-hmm. time. So no wonder, right? like if I'm seeing it with a fresh face, like no wonder I was feeling awful. It wasn't something that I enjoyed. I was just mm-hmm. doing it out of routine, out of whatever. right? So it really opened my eyes up and that perspective that way, kind of in all different areas of my life. I know it kind yeah. of went on a tangent there, but like it makes sense. I, I can though. see it. You know yeah. what I mean? I can I can see what each situation kind of brings to the table. Mm-hmm. From from my perspective, don't get me wrong, but I also feel like when I'm medicated I'm more the empath in me, like mm-hmm. the empathetic person comes out a million times more and I literally yeah. like feel energy and feel like sure. people's problems and, and that's a lot. So that's why yeah. I don't medicate all the time. Because okay. sometimes I get too overwhelming to just to have I want to fix it all and when I take on people's problems and Mm -hmm. I want to help them. And then, um, so I, I do like, they call them THC tolerance breaks where I don't, I don't fuck with it. Okay. And I'm just coming off of my longest period of, um, two months with no THC, just CBD. Really? And I noticed a major difference.
1: Interesting. So I think, and as you're talking about all these different things, like, All of it makes so much sense and it's so logical. I mean, the physical piece of it, the body, I mean, quieting the rest of the noise so that you can actually focus on everything. And I think what I find the most interesting is that there's such a stigma around smoking weed. Oh, for sure. And that's where even my um, assumptions or my thoughts and everything stem from those stigmas. Mm Mm-hmm. Mine but too. You, Mine yeah. too. I'm still navigating it. Right, but it's just super interesting to hear the other side of it because if we stop stigmatizing, especially knowing and understanding the difference between CBD and THC and how they're used and the ways that you can use them and how it affects you and looking at it from a more medicinal standpoint.
0: Yeah, I don't makes look a at it difference. like. So don't get me wrong. If I'm like going on vacation with my husband and we're in a place where it's legal, I'm totally gonna get a joint. Right, For fun. To chill out. Because I know that I'm going to laugh harder. Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel things better. I'm going to eat food that tastes better. It's going to just heighten my whole experience. Mm -hmm. Now, would I do that and, like, drive my kids around town and, Mm -hmm. you know, do all that? 100% never. Right. Like, just doesn't even come into my mind.
1: And that's interesting because that might not be the case for me. If I were to smoke a joint with you and be relaxed and I can have fun, I might go home and life might start... Getting to be life, and I'd be like, fuck it. I need to smoke a joint because I don't want to deal with it. Oh, I still have those. But you don't have them like daily. No. You not know what I mean? And that's not where I think the danger comes from. But I still. Depending ha- on the person. Yeah, that's
0: true. But uh, to me, and then to me, that's where, and, and this is not an insult to anyone who struggles Mm-mm. with addiction because I mm-hmm. don't know what that's like. I yeah. can't even pretend, and I want to be really, really careful with how I navigate this because I don't want it to come across in like a mean or condescending way because Mm -hmm. I don't mean it to, I feel like that has to, that stems from something darker. Mm -hmm. That stems from a deeper trauma or, or issue Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. prior to any substance. That's I pra- feel yeah. like that part needs to be dealt with because mm-hmm. then the addiction, I don't want to say it goes away. That's not it at all because there's addictive personality. There, I mean, right. that's a—that's an actual thing and I, right. I, I'm trying to find the right way to articulate it. I just feel like trauma work is so important and mm-hmm. I've learned so much about that in the last like two years, but really in the last year has mm-hmm. it really wrapped up for me that like if you can see
2: mm-hmm.
0: the situation for what it was objectively.
1: Mm-hmm. Then you can heal, yeah, absolutely. Does I'm that make remember, sense? There's a type of therapy, and I can't think of it right now, but you literally go through and you talk about every significant moment in your life. And if the, the significant like you can significant, yeah, that you can remember, and it might not seem significant to any other person, but it's significant to you for a reason. And oh my you god, go that's so
0: it. funny that you just said that. Mm-hmm. Me and my mom were having this talk the other day. Oh,
1: geez. No, it was, it's just <laughs> really funny. I'm sorry, this is like catching me <laughs> off guard because.
0: We were just having a conversation the other day about, okay, so, th- th- okay, this is freaking me out because she asked me, she said, so, we were getting the Christmas stuff out or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was asking me, she said, so, what is um, your, what, what what was your favorite Christmas toy as a kid? Mm-hmm. And she told me, or I told her, and then I asked her what hers was, and hers, I'm trying now I'm trying to remember what hers was. But it was so funny because it was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense that you wanted that as a child or Mm -hmm. that's what you remember because Mm -hmm. that's so how you are as an adult. And Mm -hmm. guess what mine was? My favorite toy that I told her. And it's just funny from to where I'm at like right now. A joint? (laughs) A joint. (laughs) My favorite toy was not a joint. Super conservative family. That's really funny. My favorite toy was... um, the talk boy to record that did not surprise me at all, and yes. to record and I me. Mean, my brother used to like make like radio shows, or yes. I would pretend I was like the principal on the PA <laughs> speaker. Like when That's I was awesome. playing school with that, like that was I my like favorite that. jam. And look what we're talking into Uh right now.
1: (laughs) True story. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So like that, and so like I'm able to see things
0: from that, like that trauma, like you say, or it's not even necessarily trauma, but like memorable moments, yeah, that go back, that that really, like the universe is always kind of surrounding you and guiding you. It's just up to us to tune in and pay attention. It is, and and I feel like that's what cannabis allows me to do. Allows me to tune into like who I am and my
1: experiences,
0: yeah, and see them for what they were, and allow that. To guide me and Mm -hmm. to get me. And and it hasn't disappointed me yet. I think that's crazy interesting. My last two, three years have been pretty much verbatim everything that I planned out for myself. Right.
1: Because you For for no other reason.
0: Well, I don't even know if it's, like, focused. It's just, like, I see these things. I see that Mm -hmm. the universe... For me, it's the universe. Um, For some, it's God. For, you know, for whatever. Like, your source is there... All along, mm-hmm. you're going to be provided with situations and and things and mm-hmm. just all different things to guide you. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us if we decide to do what's like on that path to like yep. your greater good, or mm-hmm. if it's you were going to derail and go totally off course. And then how does the universe? How do you get back in sync with all
1: that? I'm as you're talking, I'm looking up because I want to get the verbiage correct. I'm looking up the 12 steps because, so one of the things, I mean, everything you're talking about with me being an AA, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous and we work our steps and everything you're talking about, you're coming from a completely different perspective, but you're saying exactly what we do in the program. Really? Where step number two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Yeah. You don't have to be an AA, you don't have to be an alcoholic to understand that, you know. There's something greater than us out there. And if we quiet our minds and pay attention, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't even know how to finish that sentence, but it's just, it's super interesting. And then number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. They preached I'm like getting goosebumps. (laughs) It's it's super interesting. And I think just because we're on the topic now, but just talking about AA, I think that's one big misconception is that it's this big religious organization and that we're going to have you come in, drink the Kool-Aid, and we're going to shove God down your throat. But the biggest thing that we talk about is God as we understood him. And so my God, I don't even need to call him God. I can just call him my higher power. I can believe mm-hmm. he's specks of dust. I can believe he's a she. I can, whatever yeah, I want to yeah, believe. Yeah. And yeah. it's the same thing you were saying. It's, there's something greater than us, whatever that is. Yeah. And it's just paying attention to it and listening. So I just, I don't know. You got me off. No, that's. Thinking about that, but it's interesting. Hmm. I think AA is, like, a guide talk, for life. Talk
0: to me about that because, like, you went through it as an adult, as someone going through it. I went through mm-hmm. it as a child. Mm-hmm. As a child of somebody. Okay. Both one that went through the program and one that desperately needed the program.
1: Sure, sure. You know, I, for a lot of years, I knew I had a problem with alcohol, but I didn't think I was an alcoholic because... The stereotypical alcoholic is the guy with the brown paper bag riding his bike through town and falling into the gutter. Yeah. Um, Or it's the person that wakes up in the morning and immediately needs a shot of vodka or a glass of vodka or a bottle of vodka. Okay. And drinks all day. There are all these stereotypes and what you typically see, like, in the movies that looks like an alcoholic. I don't look like the typical alcoholic. No. Um, I went to my job every day. I... <laughs> I went to my job every day, except for the days I was hungover, and I would call in sick, really? which is really funny because my my mind still goes to I was functioning, but then you start to look at the little details, and it's uh, like I was functioning, but, but I was I? Wasn't. I? But right. was I? Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, I still I took care of my kids. Mm-hmm. I say that with a grain of salt because was I really taking care of my kids? No, I was not being the mom that I needed to be. Um. I was my alcoholism looked like. Me coming home and on the way home, stopping for a bottle of wine and thinking, well, I should buy three just in case, just in case. Wow. And then... Uh, For a night? For a night. Wow. And then I would sit down. I would... The bathtub was my safe place because I could be by myself with my bottle of wine. And when that wine, bottle of wine was finished, my kids would go grab the second bottle for me and I would finish that. And then some nights I would go on to the third bottle because I just felt like it. And it wow. was, it got to be pretty consistent where that was happening almost nightly. If I didn't have three bottles of wine, I'd have a bottle of wine and a few beers.
0: Okay. Or,
1: I mean, it was some variation of, but I mean, it became where it was consistently, you know, and I liked to do it in the privacy of my own home. Okay. Because I didn't want anybody to know I was an alcoholic or that I had a, any problem. Um, but to you, did it, did it feel like a problem when you were doing it? It was like self-punishment? I thought I could control it. I thought that
0: I was choosing. I guess the act the act of... Of, like, drinking. Of grabbing another bottle. I... I did just, that feel like, I'm just going to do it because who cares? Or did it feel like... Basically. I need to do this and nobody can know about it.
1: No, it was more... I... I in the beginning, it was more, I just wanted to and I felt like I just could. Because you could. And I could control it. I could stop drinking or I could drink. It okay. was my... I thought I'm it was just my trying to understand. choice okay. to drink. I think what I didn't realize until... I started AA was that I became that alcoholic that hit it. I was hiding wine bottles under my bed mm. that were empty. I was hiding them behind the closet door. I, was, I, I found wine bottles in places that I don't even understand after I quit drinking. And I cleaned everything up and I cleaned out my closet and cleaned under my bed. I was finding wine bottles. I would bring out big bags full of wine bottles out to the garbage and I would be quiet about it. Mm-hmm. And I would bring them at once and shove them down there because I didn't want people to see them. Wow. And I just, so all these little pieces I didn't put together until I Was got Was that sober. learned from somewhere? Did you have someone, like, who you saw, like, hide things? No, not that I can recall. Really? I just didn't want, if my husband walked into the bathroom, I didn't want him to see two bottles of empty, two empty bottles of wine there. But why? Because of something that you thought, or because you would say something, or what, both? Because, I, both, I mean, because then I would look like an alcoholic. Because then my problem would actually be a problem. And it would be real, but
0: and so you were thinking about
1: that, yeah. So you knew that it was a problem. Mm-hmm. But I also thought I could stop drinking if I wanted to, and that I wasn't the stereotypical. Alcoholic. That's what I'm trying
0: to see. That's what I'm like trying to yeah. understand.
1: So, it's were,
0: it, are, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, is that you, like, looking back on it, saying, "I didn't want." Him to see it because I didn't want to admit there was a problem. Are you saying that now because you realize that situation was what it
1: was? Or were you thinking that thing... At the time. At the time. I think I'm saying it more and seeing it now. And I think at the time, I was afraid that he would say something. But
0: did you maybe want me. him
1: to? To deal with it? I didn't care. Really? Honestly, I think I just didn't care. About any of it? No. I cared more about... Finishing my bottle of wine than I cared about because it just all became about that. Okay. I mean, I would
0: leave. I just don't know how that, like, works, like, you know, like, in in our makeup, in our brain or whatever. Like, how does that, like, Right. that's just, that's something about addiction
1: that, like, intrigues me. Well, it's, I mean, I would leave get-togethers so that I could go home and drink. Like, I wouldn't drink a lot out in public. Okay. But I would leave and I would go home and I would drink. Or I would go drop off the girls at my mom's because we were going to have a night out or I Mm -hmm. had got a babysitter. Um, I would stop over there and I would only stay for a little bit because I was so anxious to get home so that I could have my wine. Or there were days when I was coming home from work and I thought, you know, I'm not going to stop to get wine on the way home. I can go a night without it. Mm -hmm. And I would get the worst anxiety on the way, like as the days going on. I would just get hardcore anxiety about the fact that I wasn't going to have wine that night. Or a drink that really? night. It just, like, it got just insane. And it was, like, I would go periods, I could go periods of time where I wouldn't drink. Okay. Prior to us going to Chicago that one year, yeah. I had gone five months without drinking, and I celebrated by drinking. I celebrated I the feel, fact that I could do but, it. But I feel,
0: but, okay, let's back up to that. Because mm-hmm. I feel, like, now that we're in these points of our lives in your recovery, I felt like that was incredibly insensitive to the warning signs that you gave me as a friend.
1: You try. I give you a lot of credit. You tried and you were very upfront and asked me several times if it was going to be okay. See, like,
0: I don't feel like I asked you enough. Or I don't feel like I
1: understood it enough to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. You probably shouldn't come. But I didn't understand it enough either. I thought that I could handle it and that I could... When When we went out drinking together that weekend, I drank a lot and I had fun. But I wasn't... I personally was not out of control, dancing on tables, crazy drunk alcoholic that I recall. (laughs) Like, I think it was pretty mild compared to, you know, considering we were loose in Chicago. Yeah. But, yeah, in retrospect, I mean, but that wasn't the only time that that happened. I'd have several times where I would go periods of time, weeks, months, whatever it is, without drinking and I would celebrate by getting drunk. Because I went, I can control it. I went this amount of time without drinking.
0: Okay.
1: So that was a big one. And it wasn't until I had a, it wasn't until I was becoming incredibly self-destructive and self, um, it was very dark. I mean, it was very suicidal and, um, self-injurious and... Marriage was falling apart and a huge, embarrassing, awful blow-up happened in front of family. It wasn't until all these things all grouped together at once Mm -hmm. and I ended up in the hospital that I realized that I had to quit. And, like, I had to quit or I was going to die. Like, it was very... And you'll hear a lot of alcoholics talk about that. They come to where their only options are jail or death if they don't quit drinking. What was that moment for you? We... It was the day after Christmas... And we went to a family party at my now ex husband's um, family. Well, obviously, family party at the ex husband's (laughs) family. Um, I had brought my three bottles of wine. It was, say, it started at noon. By two, three o'clock, I mean, within a couple of hours, my wine was gone. So I had moved on to the hard liquor because they had made slushies or just apple pie. like, or, yeah, yeah, some holiday festa. cocktail. Yes. Okay. So I was having cocktails. Um, I had beers, a few beers in there. Um, I wanted to go to the liquor store to get more wine, mm-hmm. and I didn't go. Um, was it,
0: like, a focus? Like, once you got it in your mind, like, you would, like, need to have it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was so, I think I was so uncomfortable with myself at that party that I just wanted to keep drinking, and so I wanted to go get more wine, and that might have been where, the fight started. I was so drunk that I don't remember exactly how the fight started. Um, No, you're fine. (laughs) Sorry. No, don't be. We're talking. Mm It's a lot. Were your girls there? My girls were there. It was me, my ex, and my two girls. And I got upset because of issues within my marriage and things that were apparent to me at the party. Um, Not feeling included, wanted you know, uh, not feeling a part of it. I was, I was just so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable in my own skin. I got so drunk. We ended up in a huge fight, um, screaming at each other in front of the family. Mm -hmm. I was running outside into the snow trying to leave. He took my keys. I just wanted to get out of there. I was um, yelling to the family about things that my ex had done to me, which they may have happened and they may have been bad things, but that was not the time nor the place, nor well, the... to be heard and taken seriously, right? That was that was not the way to go about that. Um, it was just it was awful. I called my sister and I asked her to pick me up in Hudson. I couldn't give her the address, so I had to just GPS myself and figure out where I was and send her a screenshot. Mm. She picked me up on the side of the road in Hudson and brought me home. <coughs> mm-hmm. Once I got home, I had a bottle of wine there, so I got into the bathtub and I chugged the bottle of wine right out of the bottle. I took a bunch of pills. Um, I cut my body quite a bit, mm-hmm. used a knife to cut myself. Um, thought about full-on stabbing myself, but I was so scared. I just... There was something that was saying. Something... That wouldn't like, allow you to do it, I guess. Yeah, so okay. I didn't go that far. And in the meantime, my sister knew how bad it was. She had a feeling and she contacted my mom and they both showed back up at my house and brought me to the hospital. And so I was fortunate that my mom was there and stayed with me the entire time and was incredibly supportive. And I voluntarily tried to admit myself to a psychiatric unit because I needed the help. Um, it just turned out that, all of the hospitals in the area were full. Oh, no shit. The holidays, the bring, holidays out bring out
0: the crazy. Yeah, they totally and bring out the crazy. And it's coming here in a few weeks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the holidays. <laughs> so so they couldn't get me in anywhere, so they agreed to let me go home with my mom. And my mom said, you're going to Alcoholics Anonymous in the morning. You need Oh, to like straight sober. to a meeting? She told me that I this was serious and I needed to be done and I knew she was right. Um, it was the first time I had ever been in the hospital like that. You know, I had never gotten arrested. I never, um, had the major consequences you think of with a stereotypical alcoholic. So that was my big... People didn't really know. Yeah. They didn't know. My family knew, but they didn't know. Yeah, but I mean,
0: like, but like your work, people. Yeah. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. necessarily,
1: Okay. So I went the next morning, I went to the 10 o'clock meeting up at the Al-Anon Club because I knew where it was. I had known where oh, it was for did. years. Oh, you did? Absolutely. How did you know that? Um, I used to drive by it and I would just side-eye and see it? Side-eyed it quite a bit. See? That's the universe yep. again. Like, if you yep. just listen and tune in, yep. like... I, it's like I always knew I needed to be there, but I... I
0: it caught your eye mm-hmm, enough, mm-hmm. like, the universe is like... Yep. Uh... Warning. Like, literally, yep. here's your sign. <laughs> yeah. It was
1: ridiculous. And so the best part about the, oh, my, I love start telling the story about my first meeting. Yeah. So, can I yeah, tell you? Yeah, please. Okay. Please. So I sat in the car for a good 20 minutes before I went in and I was bawling, just sobbing. And I was on my phone looking up. Support groups on Facebook for alcoholics and trying to just message. like a way
0: to connect, but not yes. really show
1: up. Yes. Okay. I just wanted somebody to tell me it was okay, and I wanted somebody to tell me to get my ass. In Dude, that that that's how microdosing mama started. Yeah. Just somebody. I was
0: hiding online as like someone who was smoking pot, but needed mm-hmm. to see other people doing it too to feel like I could be okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's I just, really. I just crazy. wanted
1: somebody to tell me it was okay, exactly. But in a safe space where yes. I didn't
0: really have to do anything
1: if I didn't. Want I don't. Yes, exactly. So I walked through the front doors and it was dead quiet in there. And I heard some voices from the back left room. And I walked back there and there were eight old, burly-looking men sitting at the table. I'm like, oh fuck! (laughs) So I stood in the doorway. Pirate (laughs) initiation. Like, what is happening? Stood in the doorway. I'm like, um, I think I literally just ummed. I didn't know what to say. And they look at me. They're like, you look like you're supposed to be here. Have a seat. No shit. So I sat down and these these eight men. Older gentlemen, old enough to be my grandpa, old enough to be my dad. Um, what? How did these, I not know this? These I old see. men, they they did a first step meeting with me, and that's where they go around and basically tell the story of how they got there and how AA has helped them. Okay. So I'm sitting here sobbing in my little winter coat, <laughs> like just so unsure of myself and not even sure that I'm an alcoholic. And I don't know if you know this about AA meetings, but you start with, Hi, my name's Laura. I'm an alcoholic. Right. So um, they went around the table and introduced themselves, and they told their stories. And I'm sitting here sobbing because I had more in common with these old, crazy, alcoholic men Babe, than I what? had with so many other people in my life. Like, I felt so connected. That's exactly how I feel with, like, other people in, yeah. in the cannabis industry. It's insane. It's like you find your people, your tribe, and all of a sudden everything makes sense. Yeah. And it was... That that's funny that you say
0: that because it became so overwhelming. Of this is exactly where I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. and I have a voice in this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and the people, there's other like minded people that maybe don't have the same story, but we have the common interests. Yes, and we see like how this helps, mm-hmm. and then that like lights that fire. Yes, and the, you have to talk about it. Yes, like as much as you can, scream it from the rooftops, mm-hmm. get involved. Right, whatever, like you find your skill set and you have to insert it into the said thing. You have to. That's funny. And
1: that's what, I mean, we go to weekly meetings, daily meetings. Some people go to two meetings a day. I mean, people, they are hardcore. I mean, if you're working your program and you're going to these meetings, you have that opportunity to sit and shout it from the rooftops if you choose to. You get to talk during each meeting and give your two cents. You hear other alcoholics and the things that are helping them and the struggles they're having. And, I, I find that I have more in common with the meth head that you probably live next door than mm-hmm. I have with Susie Homemaker that goes to school with my kids. Yeah. Like, I, and yeah, I never would have thought yeah. all of us from different walks of life would have so much in common, and it's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. And I feel more at home with a bunch of meth addicts and
0: heroin yeah. addicts
1: and alcoholics than I do with... A group of church moms. Yeah, that I don't. Oh, you know, well, those I mean. are like the worst. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> point. Sorry to everyone who's a church mom. Sorry, church moms. Um. Yeah, no, that's ironic because like just a few days ago, I wrote like a post or an essay type thing. Mm-hmm. A, it was an excerpt from my journal. Okay, and it was about. um... Ray down those mugs that have yes. like I collect them yeah and why I collect them is so stupid I collect them because other moms were collecting them mm-hmm. and there were moms that I thought were cute and had it together and I thought mm-hmm. oh they have this one I'm gonna have this one mm-hmm. and there was a moment in my writing and I was like I realized I looked at that cup for the first time mm-hmm. for what it was and it was a really fucking sad attempt to connect with other people that I couldn't even
1: be authentic with absolutely you Isn't know that amazing? Yeah. Alcohol was my pathetic, ridiculous attempt to connect to other people or connect to something. Yeah. And it just was not working. Yeah. I went through many things.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you about it? like, design, I, I immersed myself in the design world. Then when I went to work for automotive, I immersed myself in the automotive world. Like, mm-hmm. I became these things that I thought I was supposed to become, mm-hmm. but they never felt right. So I was yes. never gaining any success or, Isn't like, momentum crazy? from them. Yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. amazing. And now with, like, this, like, for me, it's cannabis, and in talking with people, that's where I feel like my purpose, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, yes. as much as I sometimes question, like, oh, my God, is this really all worth it? Like, it finds a way, like, uh, almost mm-hmm. on the daily to say, no, nope, mm-hmm. you're right exactly where you need to be. Like, Absolutely. stay the course. Stay the course. You're plugged yes. in. If you do this, you are going to get to wherever you want to be mm-hmm. if you continue to stay plugged in.
1: There's somebody out there that needs to hear what you have to say, and there's somebody out there that needs to hear what I have to say. And we don't know why or how or when, but we've been through life, and we've been through shit, and we've been through groups and jobs and people and things, and we found what works for us, and why not talk about it?
0: Yeah. Because what's the harm? Yeah. Oh, you're gonna like connect with somebody you never thought you would be ever connect with in your life. That's a shame. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you know, maybe sip some good coffee or eat some good food while you have mm-hmm. said conversation. Okay, yeah. That's really rough. Like, absolutely. You know, like there's really nothing bad that can come out of just Mm-mm. open dialogue. Absolutely.
1: And that's the big thing. I mean, I am seeing so many similarities between the cannabis world and the right yeah, world yeah yeah now they're like parallel it, which just so funny. And
0: this is very much a one-sided medicinal I like microdosed um, mm-hmm. Is there stoners that don't do anything? Yeah, but I feel like right. you're a stone you were a person that didn't do anything before you started smoking weed. Right. <laughs>
1: and you continue to and not do And you continue anything. to not do that. So
0: I don't think that that has anything to do with it. And mm-hmm. that's just the way I kind of look at it. There's
1: always going to be exceptions. Yeah. To to whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, like you said, there's the people that can have a few drinks and turn it off and they're normies. fine.
1: I don't get normies. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Damn normies. Like I just,
0: I can't like, and it's funny ever since I've started using cannabis, I don't drink anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. say anymore, but like, I hate it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like we were laughing the other night I was like. I'm going to get real wild and have a Sprite tonight, but that's, right? like, what that was, I do. That's comfortable. But that's what, I mean, but that tastes better to me than yes. to have that every once in a while than, like, three or four glasses of wine where I don't remember anything right. and make really shitty decisions. Right. Like, I, I read a quote the other day, and I'm going to butcher it, but I'll find it after this podcast airs and post it correct myself. <laughs> but, because um, I'm a Virgo and I have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We were talking about that earlier, too. Um yes. But... What was I saying? See? I get off on these tangents. Article. Yeah. The, um, oh, the quote. The quote. Yes. It was about how, like, I, something along the lines of, if I was sober, I wouldn't have made that decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Like, and and it's just like that, that kind of mindset. Right. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I forgot where I was going with that. Now this is going to drive me crazy because there, I've got to find the quote. But it was very much along the lines of, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing I regret having said sober, yes, but yes. as in when I'm like intoxicated or whatever, yes, I make horrible mistakes that I would never make sober. Something Absolutely. along the lines of that. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: That is so, so true. And think about, okay, you made me think about this and this plays into it too. When we're thinking about, um, trying to fit in with other moms, trying to fit that mold. Yeah what we say when we're drinking, all these different things oh yeah mommy wine culture. And it is like, have you noticed how shoved down our throats it is? It's disgusting. Rosé all day is on every damn shirt that's in the store. Yeah. And
0: there's, um, a lady that I follow. Um, she's in Canada. Her Mm -hmm. name's Weed Mama. Okay. And she is really funny. She is like, one of her main goals is to, um, Mm -hmm. to end that stigma of like the Mm -hmm. wine culture. Like she said, she had like her daughter's school sent home a thing of like mm-hmm. this wine thing and if you buy that 15% of all purchases go back into the school like if that's that insane. if that said cannabis on it people yeah. would be like in an uproar oh they would be yeah yeah. yeah yeah and she takes all like the mommy needs her wine memes and like redoes them There's for cannabis so many of them. you know yeah. but but it's just funny cuz if people see the cannabis it's like a totally different thing oh, wine, absolutely. It's, it's totally fine wine,
1: alcohol it's expected it's yeah. expected
0: that you... Not only is it
1: okay, it's expected. Yeah. It's just so normal. You have mimosas when you go out for brunch with the ladies. Yeah. go to the spa and you get some champagne. Work. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it's constant. That's crazy. And it is the most awful, unhealthy image that we're putting out there for our kids to see, too. Yeah. I mean, for them to see that mommy, mommy wants this purse that you can fit wine in. Mommy should have this wine. Yeah. Kids catch on to that so quick. And look at what we're doing. Yeah. That just brought up a whole other no, no, it's thing true. That it' just makes me think about. But you're right. If it were cannabis that they were talking about, there would be a huge uproar. Yeah. But because it's wine and because it's expected and yeah. because that's part of mommy life, you know, you're too stressed out. I need a glass of wine. I can't parent. I need a glass of wine. How about you just parent your kids because you have to parent? Because you get the, you get e- the opportunity to parent. Which is a beautiful mindset.
0: But if you're so clouded mm-hmm. by... Again, I'm, I go back to that trauma because I feel like yes, it always stems yes, from something. It stems yes. with something else that you haven't really dealt with, and that's and that goes with that. back to mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's what the real thing is yep. is mental health. And mm-hmm. we don't talk about that, but we're yes. going to give you everything to to deal with it, cannabis included. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. Oh, we have
1: so many doors that can open, and everything I know with that stuff.
0: But I, I just don't, I mm-hmm. just don't understand it. Yeah. Because I, I don't need cannabis. I like it. I'm right. Lo- I love it. I don't like it. I love it. Right. I, I absolutely love it. But could I never have it again and be fine? hmm And deal with some of the hurts? hmm Yeah, it might take me a little bit longer, but I could still do that. Right. I think I that's know. the way it... That's the way it... But I treat it as medicine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry if everyone can hear my drink. I'm just parched from talking so much. <laughs> we got on a roll. But I mean, I just I just don't but so how do we navigate that? I guess that's what started this whole thing. Yeah. The questions yeah. that you had for me. And I know for me, like with you coming here, mm-hmm. like as a friend. Well, like I guess it'd be different if I drank. You know what I mean? And you coming to town. Like, I think that would have played a bigger factor into it. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know if you knew that I didn't drink. I don't, you know, I don't know. But I was never, like, a huge drinker except for, like, party days. But as, like, a mom in the last 10 years, I mean. Right.
1: Not really. Yeah, yeah.
0: Very, yeah. Um, Not where it would be an issue. You know what I mean? Um, So, like, I guess I was like, so do I not have any wine in the house? Do I make sure... That we don't go to places. I mean, even mm-hmm. the other night, I was like, are you comfortable going there? Like, I want to sure. be sensitive to that fact because I sure. feel like... I guess some part of me is the guilt from the Chicago trip when I invited you to come to, like, a pub crawl. <laughs> it seemed like <laughs> Which, a in hindsight idea. <laughs> was horrible, but at the time, I didn't understand.
1: And it was super fun, though. Yeah. But it just... I mean, I didn't understand either, so... Yeah. I mean, we were both... It was unfair. So, I guess, territory. how do, like, how do you...
0: I guess not only just for me, because I know, again, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, right. you know, we'll regardless how bad it is, yes. but I mean, for like other people in your life or people who are mm-hmm. in the process where you're at in recovery, like mm-hmm. how do people navigate relationships with you or do you just want to continue on as normal?
1: No, you know what? When I first got sober, I wanted everything to continue as normal because I didn't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable around me. I didn't want anyone to... um, I was open about my sobriety as far as my own path goes, and not Mm -hmm. everybody is as open and comfortable about it. But, like, I, I didn't want to disrupt life, and I didn't want to make anybody else uncomfortable. As I went through more... Got more sobriety time under my belt, I started to be more conscientious of the fact that I don't necessarily want to sit at the bar and hang out with my friends because mm-hmm. that's the thing to do. I can. I yeah. personally don't feel like if I'm in a bar, I don't feel like I'm just gonna jump over the bar and grab yeah. a bottle. and like start guzzling it. Right. Yeah. But it's different. Some people they just they can't put themselves they can't in even that see situation. It. Yeah. So I think the big thing that I've learned is that people in recovery, if you know that they're in recovery, they are Willing to answer questions and be open about it. So if you flat out ask them, is this okay? Are you comfortable with it? Okay. Take what they say and go with it. I mean. Okay. Because for me, what I was comfortable with in the beginning, I learned eventually that I wasn't completely down with it and then I would say so much. Okay. And so if there's, if we're sitting around the table at dinner at somebody's home and they'd like to have a glass of wine, that doesn't bother me. Really? If somebody starts to get drunk and they're obnoxious, then I'm going to excuse myself and. Okay. Probably go do that my makes own things, but it's is, different for is everybody. Is it still tempting to want to drink? It's like muscle memory. Like sometimes I'll walk by my parents' fridge, and because I'm so used to grabbing a Coors Light out of the fridge, my instinct is to go for that Coors to Light, grab it. which is so ridiculous because I don't want one. But it's like it's almost like muscle memory. Like runners when they haven't run yeah. for a while and they get back into it. There are times when I'm driving home from work, and my instinct is to pull into the liquor store and go grab a bottle. Still, of mm-hmm. occasionally it's not often. Yeah, but it's occasionally. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really wild. Mm Mm-hmm. If I see people drinking wine when we're at dinner, I mean, I can taste it. I can think about it. Really? But it just, I just know, I know the alternative. Do you have the distaste for it, or do you still, like, do you, like, when you say you can taste it, do you enjoy that? You know, I think so. I think that's the problem, is that I think if I were to have it, I would enjoy it just like I used to, and it would take a matter of days before I'd be right back to where I was. Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So
0: what keeps you from not doing that right now? I know it's going to be ever-evolving over your life. It is, you know. Or, or maybe it's not. Or maybe it's just this one thing and I've decided this is why I'm not going to do
1: it. No, it's a lot of things. I mean, first and foremost, my kids are the most important. And I'm going through a divorce right now, which you know, mm-hmm. but for those that yeah. don't know. And if I were not sober, I would not have the partial custody and the relationship with my kids and with my ex-husband that I have right now. My sobriety has allowed me to actually have my kids 50% of the time. And if I were drinking, there's not a chance that I would have my children. Um, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Okay. Because I want to get into that here in a second. Okay. Um, but, yeah, very interesting. Yes. We'll be right back, guys. okay, we are back. We had another major setback with trying to record this way <laughs> again, but we made it through. Yeah. We handled we it. it out. We figured it out. Like we always do. So, wow. We mm-hmm. were talking um, Laura, about how your reasons for staying sober. Yes. And you were saying
1: your girls and My things like
0: My girls is like a that. big
1: one. Mm-hmm. My girls is a big one. I think the other big thing for me is that I've grown so much in the two years that I've been sober. Like, How so? I feel more like myself than I have in years. I can feel my feelings, and even if I don't like them, I can try to understand why I'm feeling them and where they're coming from, and I couldn't do that when I was drinking. I would block all the feelings out. Like, okay. I literally could not feel... I have that same thing with cannabis. hmm I just... I want to feel all the feelings, and I want to figure it out. hmm And I can do that now that I'm sober. Um... I think the other big one is just knowing where I was at and how low, and how awful I felt. Okay. Just, I mean, emotionally, physically, everything. I was just drained. My marriage was falling apart, and now. Do you think that was? I'm asking the question for the listeners,
0: not because I, I, yeah, I know how you I feel know, about it. Yeah. Um, do you feel that your drinking was a major factor in your divorce?
1: I think, not the no but a major factor. I think my sobriety was a major factor in my divorce. I agree with that. Yes. Absolutely a thousand percent. I think I got sober and all of a sudden I realized how much I could do on my own and what I was capable of and that I wanted to do it. And so I did. And said partner didn't like that. No. Said partner (laughs) was not, you know, I don't know that he would... Agree or say the same. Oh, yeah. I mean... But I would interpret it... I what mean, is it? There's three sides to the truth. like right, Yeah. Right. Exactly. But when I stopped drinking, I was able to be in control of myself and I was not being controlled by another person. Mm. And taking back that independence was not well received. Interesting. And so... Is that common for people in recovery? I, I think so. I mean, I think, I wish I knew the statistics, but I know that divorce is pretty common amongst alcoholics in recovery. Sure. Um, I think a lot of the time, there's so much codependency going on. Okay. And I think there's a lot of enabling that went on while using. I think a lot of times, an al- a re- recovering alcoholic may have been with an alcoholic as well that mm, is not in CDA recovery. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And so, I mean, you really, you, you end up making so many changes, and they're such positive changes, but... But that doesn't include everybody that was in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes that means that the spouse has got to go.
0: Yeah. Or the friends, or the yeah. or the whatever. Yeah. The whatever is
1: not in line with your greater purpose. That's 100% it. Yeah. And that's hard. It is. I mean, yes and no. I think it's hard at first, because I think... Yeah, till you realize that you can do it. Yeah, and once you realize how much better it is on the other side. That surrender to it, mm-hmm. versus become it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I just wish I knew, like, what that switch was. And obviously, it's not the same for everybody, where you mm-hmm. can just say, like... You know, we, we talk about it all the time. Like I wish we had X, Y, and Z and then this mm-hmm. would be the result <laughs> every right. time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. You said this thing and then this event plays out and then right. you get to this point. You do, but there's so much more like in between that. Yes. And I wish that I knew what that in between was so that more people could get help. Right. And I think that's kind of what mental health is. hmm I mean, wouldn't you agree? Like I would it's agree. that's what we're trying to figure out. That middle ground, like yes. where those wires cross, where why I can do one thing one time and have this result, and you can do the exact same thing, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. work out that way for you for whatever reason.
1: Right. Well, and I think, I mean, so much of alcoholism and such, the disease and the the brain and all these things that I don't understand, there's so much of it biologically that I'm sure plays into it. And I think the other side of it, I mean, I could go through my various traumas and the things that happened to me and how that started driving me towards not wanting to feel. I mean, okay. I know there are things in my life that made me not want to feel anymore. And do they, do you address them through AA or no? You
0: do to an extent. That, there's that, not what it's for.
1: Not, I mean, AA is not therapy. Um, mm-hmm. You go to a therapist for therapy. You go to AA That's okay. for fellowship see? and commentary. But I do see where a lot of people don't mm-hmm. realize that. Yeah, absolutely. think, oh, you're in the program, so you're, you're working through it. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's, you know what? When you're in AA, you're working on the steps and you're addressing, you do address a lot of things, um, but you address it from the standpoint of this is what I did. This is what I was responsible for. It's a very personalized experience. It is. Whereas in therapy, I can go through and talk about like when we talked about those traumas before Mm -hmm. the significant life events, I can go through and list those off and then I can go back through each of those events and Mm -hmm. I can retrain my brain to look at it a different way. What I looked at as a negative. And they give you skills to do that, mm-hmm. to cope and to do that. Right. Do you
0: find that they're beneficial? Absolutely. Are they easy to come by?
1: No. Why? I think when we talk about the stigmatized thought process for mental health and getting help and everything, I think there's a lot of shame involved okay. in talking about trauma. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. It's not
0: easy. It's not comfortable. No.
1: I think that's the biggest thing. And, and it's I know
0: for mine, I have some that's probably, I mean, I feel like I've resolved it, mm-hmm. but maybe not necessarily with the person. Does that make sense? It does. I've resolved yeah. it in my head because I think I can move on and know that this is what caused this and mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow it to continue anymore.
1: Right. Um. And that's essentially what a lot of people do learn in therapy going through these things. Yeah, times. but
0: I've never addressed it like with the people. Right. I've handled it and resolved it on my end. I haven't really made resolve with them. So you've almost done... Because I think it would cause more trouble than it would... Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get anything out of Mm -hmm. rehashing that at all anymore. Sure. It's not... But I can move on and feel good about myself and where I'm going. It's not one of those things that hold me back anymore. Right. Or maybe it did in my subconscious. But now that I've acknowledged it and know what it is and... Mm -hmm. I can move past it, but... Or, but, but, you know, I say that, and then it's like those people are still the ones that, like, just ruffle my feathers.
1: No, absolutely. No, I get what you're, I'm looking up a thing again. Because, because totally... do you,
0: because do you handle that trauma or and open more? Because is that part of the healing process, or does that just open up new, new wounds, and you don't ever get to the real root, and you just get more hostility? <sighs> I have to think of how to answer that. I'm not expecting you to have the answer. I'm just, to me, I'm just, like, walking through it. Right. Of, like, do I need to do the extra step to really be done with it? Even though in my heart of hearts, I feel like I am done with it. It's not something I think about. I don't feel like it weighs me down. I think,
1: I keep going back and forth between, like, the therapy standpoint of it and the AA standpoint of it and how different they are. I think therapy-wise, like, if you've come to terms with whatever that thing is and you've resolved it in your mind, it doesn't you know, you don't carry it with you. You've put it into its little box and you've put that box away and that box does not get taken off the shelf. If you're comfortable with that, I don't think that's problematic at all. I think that's essentially what a lot of people, that's what I was going to therapy to learn how to do because I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to put those things behind me. I still don't completely know how to put those things behind me. I had to literally sit down with her and visualize myself putting these thoughts and feelings and events into a tupperware box mm-hmm. like one of those big storage boxes mm-hmm. and shutting it and throwing it out of my car down the highway like i had to visualize it just like so mm-hmm. i could get it out of my head but I mean, did it some work people, it surprisingly it did it's yeah no no, no. How crazy that no is. but the, we were but, talking yeah. about that
0: too earlier in the day A lot like tapping yes tapping and amazing. telling yourself like all these things about mm-hmm. this isn't going to control me anymore this is i don't feel this way or yes this problem is solved or Mm-hmm. This part of my body I'm not going to think about anymore right. as an issue. Like, whatever, whatever right. the 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 case is. Because mm-hmm. um, that works. It's mm-hmm. silly and it sounds ridiculous. And but you're almost, works. like, embarrassed in your own home to even try. But then when you do. Yeah. And it starts to, like, come mm-hmm. to fruition. And you're able to, like, move past and you get the clarity. Yep. Like, so that's just interesting because I'm thinking about, like, um, okay, I had another episode that. Deals with addiction and he doesn't Mm -hmm. work a program, but he sees, he, he didn't like that Mm -hmm. side of it
1: for him. Yeah.
0: Um, but he sees a therapist on a regular. And I think that's. And that's how he kind of. So it's just interesting. You know what I mean? It's just interesting the different, the different things that we need. Yeah. It's unique to each
1: person. I mean. Or just what, who's going to relate with what. Right. I mean, he goes to a therapist. You are so good at seeking out and finding ways and things and learning and. Like, you just, I I feel like you, what's the right word for it? I don't know. You need to get a hobby? (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) Like, you are, you're resourceful. You know how to, you look for these things and you look for ways. I mean, you sought out cannabis. You sought out information. You sought, you're very much self-sufficient in that sense. I like the program because it gives me steps and tools and things that I can do and, the more I get out of my comfort zone and do it, the more I'm seeing results. And so I just, that works for me. But then therapy also works for me. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not going to be like
0: one thing. It's not going to be two things. It might be X, Y, and Z. And for some, it might be medicine. Yeah. For some, it might, you know, you need like those different things for sure. Absolutely. You know, it's not just one thing. No, I think that's what's important for, I guess anybody listening or who, who hears this later on, like, If you're waiting for something to happen Mm -hmm. to get this result or, you know, whatever it is, like, Mm -hmm.
1: here's your wake-up call. (laughs) Yeah. If you're waiting for me specifically to tell you that AA will save your life, I can't tell you that. I can tell you that AA saved my life, but that's one person. And I guess I can say the same about cannabis. Yeah. Absolutely. So. It's crazy.
0: I don't know. Here's the thing. I think for me, and I'm going to speak on how I feel about trauma. Again, I, I say that a lot just because it's a new thing to me, and it's mm-hmm. meant a lot to me, so that that just speaks to me because, like, the actual definition of trauma, people think trauma, and they think, oh, my God, like, ER, or, you right? know, like, like, all these, like, no. horrible things, like, in, in big case scenarios, like, the, the trauma of rape or death or whatever, right. all those awful things. Right. Um. That is trauma, but so is just... Trauma is basically when your brain doesn't know how to handle a cer- mm-hmm. certain situation, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Right. I think that's like the definition or, or roundabouts of that. Right. That can happen all the time. Yeah. With any little thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, unless we deal with that, mm-hmm. you have to want to deal with that.
1: Right. You have to want recovery. You have to want to mm-hmm. deal with the trauma. You have to want to feel the feelings...
0: Yeah, you can't you've got to want that for yourself and then the most difficult part and I and I'm saying this from me
2: mm-hmm.
0: is getting really comfortable mm-hmm. in the discomfort that you've caused mm-hmm. and that you've been a part of mm-hmm. or that's been done
1: to you. Yes. In dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You just named step 4. Are you kidding? Basically, yes. I pulled this up because I like our conversation was going that way again. So I keep looking at the steps because I want to word it correctly. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Yeah. You literally list out like I have a notebook filled to the brim with incidences and things that I did Mm -hmm. or that I experienced. Okay. That affected me. Okay. And it, big, the, small, big, small, and different. Big, okay. small, and different. If I remember it, it's something important to me. I don't have to remember every detail. Okay. But I make a list of, of these things and then we go on to step five. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. I literally take my list. So is that your making amends portion? Nope. That's no. okay. later on. Okay. So you you take your list and I would literally sit down with my sponsor or I would sit okay. down with um, and is that essentially just like a guide, someone that you connected with? Somebody that I connected with that okay. I that is helping me work through the steps if I choose to have a sponsor. Who's a little bit
0: further ahead than exactly. you are? Exactly. Okay. Yep.
1: Okay, got it. I would sit down with them and I would literally read them my list. No judgments. Okay. Does not leave the room. You know, it's done in a lot of different ways. Some people do it with a priest or a okay. clergy person of some sort. Other people do it with, you know, somebody from... Their treatment program, if they were in treatments. I mean, it can be, realistically, I could sit down with you. Okay. And I could read my step Okay. And it's just the whole point of it is to... The release. Releasing it. Okay. And then after that, it's I guess, and that's technically what I do with with my writing. Yeah. I could see that. That's
0: a big thing for me. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really wild. Mm Mm-hmm. And I tend to like, um, when I'm in my making my list of my wrongdoings Mm -hmm. for me, it's funny. Like, um, I always thought it would come out in meditation. Mm -hmm. Like when I sit with myself and get really uncomfortable, I thought that's where it would come out. Right. I do my most trauma work when I'm working out.
1: Oh yeah. When I'm lifting weights. I could see that. That's a big one for people. Is it? hmm That's
0: really funny. That is that where, like, common. it, like, I just, if the right music's on, like, that mm-hmm. speaks to me. It's like, that's, that's a lot of the way I get, like, my messages is either mm-hmm. through music and then my animals. Yes. <laughs> like, the animals that yes. just randomly keep showing up. Like, that's, like. Yes. Those are, like, my guides. Like, this one's so mm-hmm. hippy-dippy as I'm wearing my hippy-hippy shirt. Hippie. Um, you know, but I just, yep. like, that's, I, I get a lot of, um, connection. On a yeah. on a universal mm-hmm. wavelength, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. With with things like that, but yeah, when I'm working out and when the music's mm-hmm. right, and I can just I feel I can work through mm-hmm. pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where it's like you almost just sweat it out. Yeah. Or, or like the pain of everything mm-hmm. to keep going, just like gets it out of you. Yeah
1: running for some people. Yeah, that's I wish I wish kind I could of do that. That. Maybe after my surgery. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Which <laughs> I could run. Two of us.
0: Someone's running. It's cuz someone's chasing me or right. whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. That's funny. I don't know. That was my goal. That's one of my goals is to run. I would like to run again.
1: I used to run. Yeah, you did. I don't run anymore. <laughs> me neither. Oh my gosh. I know. It's wild. That is, it's super interesting to see. So what's
0: the next step? I'm just curious because I feel like they do keep interweaving and we didn't plan this at all.
1: No, we didn't. (laughs) I, like, I didn't intend to, like, talk about the steps or, you know, like, I didn't think that was going to be. I'm just
0: curious as to what's next and kind of, I'm just thinking in my head of, like, what I feel I need to do because, like, Mm -hmm. I see myself on the brink, I guess, with my career, with, with this podcast, with, um, with writing, Mm-hmm. Not my marriage seems stout right now. I don't feel like that's like I, I've got really firm roots in that. Yeah, um, I'm a damn good mom. Yes, you um, are. You know, like I've I feel like my home life is real okay. Yeah, and that's hard because you're in a spot where it's changing it's opposite. for you. My
1: home life is like you know,
0: um, yeah, yeah, dramatically. And I feel like that's like my strongest foundation. Hmm. Um. With my husband and my kids. yeah, Maybe not everyone in my family, <laughs> but my husband's and my, my husband's. My, my hus- husband's. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I love you. Yeah. My my husband yes. and my kids, Uh, th- that just seems really, that's my safe mm-hmm. nurturing. That's where I get fuel yeah. from. Now, when I'm away from it and I don't spend time in that, I get preoccupied with other things. hmm I need that to center me back. I could see that. That if I don't have my time with my people to, Mm -hmm. like, re-energize and just do life, I'm an empty Mm -hmm. bucket. Absolutely. Like, I've got nothing to give.
1: That's where I charge from. What you're saying, I can see that more in my own life, too, even though I'm going through the divorce. The kids and my family that has been my support system through this divorce and recovery, Mm -hmm. same thing. The more I'm spending time and getting that time with my family and filling my cup, the more yeah I so i totally yeah. I get what you're saying you that, and i guess
0: like that's why like the you know the self-care like if you don't mm-hmm. take care of yourself like you literally are gonna have shit to give to the world mm-hmm.
1: absolutely 100 percent.
0: you're gonna be a taker yeah and you're gonna take from anywhere you feel it like mm-hmm. the ray dunn cup like yes. <laughs> like yes. the moms like you're gonna be trying to fill it constantly with shit that's just not constantly not for, for you
1: validation that you that you don't need mm-hmm.
0: absolutely But when you are LinkedIn and you're spending that time with yourself and with the things that you build your energy from Mm -hmm. and really in it, not like on your phone, Mm -hmm. not like, you know, just like really like carving out memories and Mm -hmm. time. And even if it's like 10 minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. or like with me, like I get so much energy from swimming with my kids. I get so Mm -hmm. much energy from doing journal time with my kids. Yes. I get so much energy from one-on-one dates with just me and my husband. Mm -hmm. I get energy from raking leaves in the yard with my kids and playing right. outside you right. know like just in my home right in my content little world I mean those are things that like if I don't have that then mm-hmm. I'm running in a million different directions with my head cut off
1: absolutely and I feel that with with my children and I feel that with AA okay. when I go periods of time without AA or I don't okay. go to my women's group on Tuesdays I start to feel just empty low like I I need to fill my spirituality bank yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah absolutely so I get that
0: See, and I get that from using THC. Yeah. I don't need it all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't need it all. I. I mean, for those of you that do, and it helps great. Right. For those that are blitzed out of their mind and actually not dealing with shit. Maybe deal with some shit. Maybe deal with some <laughs> shit and then come back and talk to me. Right. Um. You know, stop being such a selfish
1: asshole. Basically. Basically. The alcoholic out there, stop being... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> No, you just.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm.
1: Check with yourself. Right. Because that's where all the answers are. Step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. <laughs> so you sit down. You know, you've talked about the things that are within you that are not productive and are not giving you, filling your cup and giving you the results. Yep. Asking Him to take it. And I, you know, some people get down on their knees. Mm-hmm. And they literally will ask the God of their understanding to take their... De- I mean, it's so... It's personal. It's different yeah, uh, everybody. With the, I think personal is, like, the best way to explain yeah. it. Yeah. All of it is so personal. But, I mean, we're, again, essentially saying the same thing. You're let go and let God... Yeah. Or let whatever it is that you believe in, let something... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it out of there.
0: Yeah. I, I just... I know when I meditate and stuff and I... Mm-hmm. I Gratitude is really big in my life after the last couple years. um, Mm -hmm. I've learned to really... And I slip from it, as everyone does. You know, there's days when I'm not grateful for anything. (laughs) Right. I don't want it taken away. Moments. Um, But, like, yeah, with the gratitude and just being really thankful. And, like, I always, when I meditate and when I'm closing or whatever, it's Mm -hmm. always I... Let the universe know that I'm open and willing to receive all that it has for me mm-hmm. um, and to pay attention to the signs. And, you know, like, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I open myself up and connect.
1: I like that. And that's that's basically what this is trying to teach. I mean, that's what a lot of the program is. Yeah. Is teaching you to do that for people that can't figure that out on their own and that just need a guide. Yeah. And some steps to work toward it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really wild. Yeah. I like step six. I struggle with step six, but you I do. like step six. It's, it's difficult to... Do you
0: find you struggle with it because it's the most uncomfortable, but when you get mm-hmm. through it, it's, like,
1: way to lift it off your shoulders? I think so. I think it's hard to let go because we want to hold on to our defense mechanisms. We want to hold on to those things Hell, that yeah. make us feel safe and comfortable. So mm-hmm. the, the prospect of giving that up, yeah, letting go and letting That's go... That's terrifying. It is. Even if you're not consciously terrified of it. Like we want to hold yeah. on to our, yeah. Defenses. Looking
0: back onto it, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you can look objectively, you see from like stadium seating, <laughs> like, right? Ooh,
1: warning right. signs.
0: Absolutely. Like, just get rid of it, and it would solve all your problems. Yeah. But when you're in it, you're in it because it's you know how to do it,
1: right? Well, think about look at the defense mechanisms you and I used during that time frame mm-hmm. when we fought and we weren't together and we weren't friends. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we wanted to hold on to our defense mechanisms and what we are comfortable with. And look at the results. And what felt right at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. We figured it out. We figured it
0: out. Oh, my gosh. That is so crazy. I like it. So, what's the next step? It's 12,
1: so we're halfway through. We're halfway through. So, number seven, we asked him to remove our shortcomings. So, that's, again, it's verbalizing. It's actually... Opening up, it's the act okay. of
0: that kind of piggyback sense. Yes, six, yep, six okay. and seven
1: are very close there. That
0: could have been you know a sub content. I don't like that they did that. We could have easily got this. Guy I with know 10 steps. that's kind of a
1: real <laughs> yeah. realize that you need this and then ask them to do this. You I mean, know, I get it, it
0: for together. the process,
1: but <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, me, I'm ago. like eh, <laughs> we could streamline this and make, make it more efficient. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. Efficiency always, in Eight. all ways. <laughs> like, I know, in all the ways. Yes. Like,
1: I know, I know. Eight gets into making your list of people that you've harmed. This gets into your making amends like you talked about. Yeah. Eight and nine are all about making amends, making okay. list of the people you've harmed. Okay. And harmed in the sense because
0: of, like, the drinking or because of your addiction or, right. like, and what do they mean by harm? Like, I automatically think alcohol, drinking and driving. I mean, it can be... And I know it's so much deeper than that, but that's, like, where my mind goes. So walk me through that. Like, what does that mean?
1: I mean, one person I could make amends to would be... um, I mean, my family is a really easy one. My mom, my dad, my sisters, my brothers. um, I would very... It just seems like that's such a given for me because my drinking harms them in ways that I didn't even understand. Mm. I mean, they were constantly worried about me. They were worried about what if I did do something? What if I hurt myself? What if I hurt another person? You, I just, you essentially caused them an added stress. Yeah, absolutely. I, and there are some people where I I did things while I was drunk that were not mm. okay. Okay. That were not good that I would make amends for. Um, okay. Fights that were had. Okay. When drinking. I could make amends with my ex-husband. I, I would. make. I will. Yeah. When I get to that step. Yeah. I will make amends because they're as much as We had our own sets of problems, and we had other things happen within our marriage. There were times, plenty of times, when my drinking impacted... Was the cause. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It impacted him Whereas with
0: sober eyes, it wouldn't have gone down that way. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: That makes sense. Yep. Those are great steps. Those are hard. I mean, I know some people that stick... They are stuck on nine for quite some time, because there are some people that it's just unbelievably difficult to make amends to
0: and not only that i'm sure like a lot of people i i guess i'm I'm, i guess this is heavy on my heart because i Mm -hmm. was the people that someone was trying to make amends with Mm -hmm. and you've known me yeah (laughs) that i don't like people shit Mm -hmm. and it's kind of one of those like all right then do better Right. Don't come and talk to me. Yep. You just do better. And that's that is a really great example of. uh, As a kid, I remember thinking that. Yeah. And that's don't fucking miss another thing. Don't. Don't yeah. Don't ruin another moment for me Mm -hmm. that. Like just just change it. Right. And like I don't want to ever talk about it again. Yep.
1: Do you run into people like that? Um. You know that's part of the process. I mean, if I'm going to make amends, I have to go in not expecting anything in return.
0: My mm.
1: my whole point of making amends is that I'm just it's me making amends. It's not It's your I'm gonna do this so that I get this forgiveness from you. I'm gonna do this mm, so that I get this reaction. I'm I have to understand made. it's for me. And I'm hoping that it has a positive effect on you. Just I mean that's how yeah. I am. Yeah, well you want the best right. You realize Obviously. you've done it. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you have to understand some people if you've done whatever it is that you've done to that person through drinking, they flat out may not forgive you. And you have to come to terms with that. Like, that's just an option. And they're entitled to that. They're entitled to their feelings. And And I guess in that
0: point, you just always just hold that hope that they'll come around or that you'll have another opportunity. Or is it one of those kind of like, I'm going to do this one time. And then if you're not open to it, I'm not going to bring it back up again. You've got just like a personal.
1: Okay. You made amends. And I'm not, it's not my job. I mean, a lot of this is letting go and letting God again. It's not my job. I'm not going to. Keep trying to force you to believe in something or believe in me, or I, I don't know how to say it. No, best, that makes but sense. Just, you that know what sense. I mean? Yeah, I, I do. Mean, I'm going to make my amends. I'm going to do what I need to do, and then I'm going to continue making amends. My, my Being path. a better person. I'm going to continue my path. Yeah.
0: No, as part of that, making amends, not to necessarily have that person back into your life.
1: Yeah. Some of it is just, I mean, there are people it's that. It's just, uh, I need
0: to do this because it feels like the right thing to do, because mm-hmm. in some part in my journey, I. Did something that's still not sitting well with me. Yes. And I need to be able to say this to you so yes. that I can move forward and say that I've addressed it. Mm-hmm.
1: There, are, there are bosses that I've had in the past that I've said or done things or I acted unprofessional or I didn't do what I should have done. Okay. And I wasn't drunk at the time, but it was a result of my personality as an alcoholic. Okay. It's, yeah. It was a part of me through my alcoholic time frame. I see. And so the thought of making amends to them terrifies me. Sure. Like, it just feels, it. I just got knots in my stomach to even think about it. It just okay. feels awful. But me making amends wouldn't mean that I want them in my life. Right. It's just. Yeah. Acknowledging that. Acknowledging that point for what it was that yeah. I can move past it. Acknowledging I was a giant asshole. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Making amends is scary as fuck. Yeah, it sounds like it, mm-hmm. and I guess it does and it doesn't. Because again, I think again, it's just the personalities of like different things. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't want to like. I'm trying to think of, again of another way to articulate it without saying mm-hmm. like I get off on the fact that because that's not right. it at all. But like, I very much have a deep appreciation for conversations. Yeah. I mean, hello. Yeah, makes Yeah, yeah. Make, yeah, yeah. conversation. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, I don't know, I got to this point in my life where I'm like, and I don't want to say it's a fearless thing, because it's not, because I still mm-hmm. think about things, and I don't just throw caution to the wind um, mm-hmm. when I ask questions or do things. That's not it at all. I just kind of like the, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not coming from a mal- malicious place when I ask questions. Right. You know, there's, like, there's no, like, ill will towards it. Like, right. any answer that anyone could give me is not going to, like, make me go, ooh, you know, or, like, yeah. or feel a different way. Um, So I think I just have that approach with, like, a lot of things in my life right now. hmm Of just, like, what do I have to lose from having this conversation? Right. Really not much. Mm-hmm. They could not like it. They could not be open to the conversation, and then it's... Yeah. That's that. But to me, that gives me an answer of where they're at. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or I could sit down and have a conversation with someone that maybe asked some awkward questions Mm -hmm. or, you know, just that to me, I, I just feel like there's so much more reward in that. Absolutely. And I guess I, I don't know what part of me said, I need to start handling my life this way. But once I did, I just feel like, I was able to accomplish a lot more, I more meaningful it. stuff,
2: mm-hmm.
0: stuff where I felt authentic, stuff where I didn't meaningful feel like I was one. trying to like, mm-hmm. to, to be the Mrs. Mug. <laughs> right. Be the Mrs. Mug. No, <laughs> you know, I totally get what you You know thinking. what I mean? Yeah. To, to feel that was something that I desperately thought I was, but not in one mm-hmm. factor of my life did that define who I am.
1: Right. Absolutely. No, or, I or or made... give
0: me that feeling of job well done.
1: Yeah. I think I get more satisfaction and more the authentic, accomplished feeling being scared, shitless, and uncomfortable and speaking about my recovery than about just about anything else. Okay. You know, yeah. so I guess it's just finding the finding that thing that fills you. Yeah. Yeah. So after
0: amends, what's the next?
1: After amends, we're going to continue to take personal inventory. And when we're wrong, properly admit it. Okay. So that's just, it's really just taking your steps one through nine and continuing. Acknowledging it. Acknowledging them. Acknowledging them it. Making yep. them a part of your life. Okay. Yep. I feel like that's where I'm at. That's a solid one. Eleven, I think you're really going to like. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us. And the power to carry that out. So that's yeah. a lot of the mindfulness and the meditation and um, listening to And that.
0: in the two weeks that I was, or two weeks, which was just weeks, in the <laughs> two, two months, um, of the THC tolerance break, yep. mm-hmm. meditation was very difficult for me. Yeah. Daily things were very difficult for me. mm mm-hmm. I was tense. I was irritated. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of my questioning of my skills and of myself, mm-hmm. like the darkness, mm-hmm. is totally there. Interesting. In and yeah. the time away from it. Now, had I never had any THC before, mm-hmm. cannabis, or used and medicated that way, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know the difference. Right, right. But now that I know that I can see these things right, and have been able to deal with them in a the level head, right, I can see. You can see the difference I can, with that. yeah.
1: T- like major. Hmm. Interesting. I'm curious to see one of the things that I, I hear a lot in the groups, my women's group, you know, the, the groups that I go to is how difficult people find it to just calm their minds and meditate and Yeah. be mindful. I mean, yeah, we're for, for us, we're a bunch of crazy fucking alcoholics. So okay. I feel there's like, there's so much going on in our brains. Okay. All this, Similar to what you talked about and trying to quiet all that noise and everything. Yeah. And so it's interesting again, to come back to the CBD. And yeah. To really think about how could that benefit if people aren't comfortable with the THC side of it? Yeah. And the potential to get high. Well,
0: now when I was on the THC tolerance break, I did medicate with CBD. Right. And I wonder what type of I, difference I, the CBD would. Make. I guess for I guess I can only speak to like what I know right yeah. in the last two months of that. Um, I was able to acknowledge what was going on. Hmm. And see that it was a bad day and not a bad life. Sure. But I didn't have the ability turned on to deal with it. Sure. It was still there. Okay. But I could acknowledge it and not let it become me. Right. But I didn't have the tool to elevate higher and actually deal with the real root of okay. why it was bothering me.
1: Does that make sense? It, no, it does make sense. And it's, it just makes me wonder how beneficial CBD might be to a person that hasn't used it, you know, that hasn't gone, that yes. and is struggling with meditation, if that piece of it would help yeah the way I don't that know if she helps for you, I'm just curious, like yeah, I think would... it's
0: different for everybody because yeah. like I guess i'll I don't know if they'll mind or not, but whatever, they have to forgive me and their and their family, <laughs> 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 but like my mom and my brother, um my brother's a very high strung intense person, mm-hmm. I think he would say that, so I'm not like speaking ill, not all the time, and, right, and it's definitely not the image that he projects out into society but like internally right. i would say he's a very high strung intense person mm-hmm. and in times of stress he tends to just not be not his deal. best self sure. not even not deal because he okay. wants to deal with it but sure. he eats himself up because he can't figure it out okay Do you, does okay. that make sense yeah, I, that I just sense. feel like he's he's very in tune with a lot of things mm-hmm. and because of that he carries them and takes them on and I don't think that he's had the opportunity to learn, for whatever reason, how to be empathetic and, and, and be all these great things mm-hmm. without feeling like he needs to solve everyone's problems. Because mm-hmm. he just naturally wants to do that, and it right. probably doesn't come out that way all the time to other people. <laughs> and then um, my mom, she's really – she has the appearance of being – and I and I say appearance just because I this is how she – is portrayed to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying that this is actively, like, the image she's trying to project, but I feel like she's someone who is very mindful, very spiritually connected, very um, wants to take care of people, takes care of people, but also takes care of herself in certain Mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. Not all areas, because we're human. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like she has it all together, whereas when her and I are pretty... Wired the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, When we use CBD, we feel like, oh, we had a good day. We don't really think anything of it. We don't really feel like, oh, that worked for me. Right, right. Now, my brother, who never uses THC, never has, is scared Mm -hmm. of it. Right. (laughs) Um, will take CBD, and he's just started on his journey, and I don't want to speak for him, but he's called, and he said, I'm so level-headed. I feel Mm -hmm. so clear. I feel like even though these things were bad bad things or I thought that they mm-hmm. could have gone better, it didn't eat me up like maybe it would have
1: mm-hmm.
0: a few weeks ago, a few months ago right. in my life.
1: That's interesting. And that's what I think a lot of people
0: yeah, are seeking. So he's able to do that. But for my wiring and my chemical makeup or whatever, I, I acknowledge it on, uh, with the CBD, but I don't go to the next level mm-hmm. of healing like I do with THC.
1: Yeah. Interesting. So, I don't know. Yeah. I like to hear that. It's just – it's the whole – Everything about it is crazy interesting to me.
0: Yeah, just, there's just not enough studies. shit. Someone yeah. sign me up for a studies and smoke me out. <laughs> we'll just see. We'll just see what, yes. what world problems we can <laughs> see. See what happens. I like it. I'm just kidding. That's awful. But oh I would my totally gosh. do it. And if there's a sign-up sheet, someone please let me know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Email
0: me. Yeah. yeah Havethecombo at gmail.com. Um, <coughs> that's really funny. That's awesome.
1: So that's step 10. Or that was 11. That was 11. So... 12, the final. The final step, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm doing I, without realizing I was going to do it completely. I knew I knew we would address recovery and everything, but talking about the steps, talking about my recovery, talking about my story. There's somebody out there that's drinking the way that I drank, and that mm-hmm. might be an alcoholic. They probably are an alcoholic. They don't know they're an alcoholic and they just, they need to hear that story and know it's okay. Yeah. You know? And so it's just carrying that message in my job. I mean, I literally, (laughs) when I'm stressed out, I will say the serenity prayer 12 times, thousand times, just over and over. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. That has saved me more times than I can even explain. Because I just, that's how I practice it in all my affairs. I try to go through and just remember steps one through three. Yeah. Admitting that I'm powerless over alcohol. Yeah. Um, that's really crazy
0: because mine mm-hmm. started with a mantra mm-hmm. that I would repeat over and over to myself. And I posted it as like when I first started the mm-hmm. microdosing mama side of things. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like one of the first time I got people who... We're, we're liking it. Right. You know what I mean? I got yeah. more reaction, I guess, out of that, the authentic, mm-hmm. real live, like, this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And, and I know part of mine, and I, I don't remember it verbatim right now, but I know a part of it was, you know, I'm living a life that I'm proud of. What I do for medication isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like things, huge. things yeah. like that. Absolutely. And, and I would say that to myself and it's still on a post-it on my mirror. Yeah. I say it all the time, you know. I guess I do it when I'm brushing my teeth, and I didn't even like realize realize it. it. Yeah, Yeah, it was just one of those things. Like, remind yourself that Mm -hmm. set your intention, and I guess that's the thing. Is like a lot of my mindfulness is like I get off track, as anybody can, Mm -hmm. but I always try to like set my intention Mm -hmm. for the project, for the day. Mm -hmm. Usually, before Mm -hmm. I jump on these, I meditate for good. Five right. 15 minutes. We
1: shopped. I feel yeah, like that was meditation. That was, my, <laughs> that was
0: meditation. Um, I usually do that and then I like listen to a few songs that I like love and get me pumped up. Yeah. Typically before a podcast. Yep. Just to like, because again, that stuff speaks to me for whatever yeah. reason.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I don't know. I feel like we both got a lot of answers. To it I know. <laughs> for seriously. like, because I mean, the last, like I said, the last couple of weeks have just definitely been like, what am I doing? What is the purpose of this? And I think this whole conversation yeah. was like, again, just a reminder to like, mm-hmm. set our intentions for our lives. Yes. Encourage the ones that we love. Encourage ourselves. Mm-hmm. And just do the damn thing. Yeah.
1: Let <laughs> you know? go. Let the things happen. Let yeah. it in.
0: Yeah. Just the universe for me is going to provide me all that I want from it. Like it's already there. It's just up to me to to get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Recognize it. Yeah. Be open to it.
0: I think this is a good time Weird. to get into the top ten questions. Yes, I
1: have the top ten so questions.
0: So give me your phone because, again, we're recording up mine. Yes. This is a shit show, but it's been one of no. the most beautiful shit shows I've ever I been to. It's a good shit show. <laughs> All right, here you go. Okay,
1: so what is your favorite word? Technical difficulties. That's two words. Today. That is two words. <laughs> but it's like you How say How about technicalities? Once. Technicalities.
0: But That's if you say technical word.
1: difficulties fast, it sounds like one word. Hyphenate it.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> okay. But I'll give it to you. Okay. Least favorite word. Can it be a phrase? Word! <laughs> sure, it can be a phrase because, yes, it Because be- I already
1: broke the rules. <laughs> okay, good. My least favorite word slash phrase would be fuck yourself. Ooh, why is that? Because I've heard it too many times. <gasps> Interesting. And there's no reason There's to some go grit there.
0: behind it. Mm hmm. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah. That is a really beautiful answer. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally?
1: Oh, gosh. That's a really good question. Um, movement, Like lines and beautiful movement and dance and, like, the colors with it and everything and how they flow together. Mm-hmm. I just like the flow. Is that a... Yeah, that, that makes sense. That, but, yeah, like, absolutely. I love that. I it's just a different think thing for everybody. There's something to it.
0: Yeah, it gets you, like, it gets... It gets you, mm-hmm. like, for whatever it is.
1: Yeah. What turns you off? <sighs> Comes back to go fuck yourself. Mm. Like... Being nasty being just there's no reason to talk to another human being that way. You can be upset, you can be angry, you can express it, but there's absolutely no reason to make another human being feel small. And so anybody that uses that type of language mm-hmm. towards another person save obvious, you know, hugely crazy. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go to certain events, but that just there's there's no reason for it, and I have no tolerance for it, and it turns me off more than anything. Interesting. I actually went on a date with a guy who within our conversation, within the first half hour, used the term faggot in a conversation. In two thousand and eighteen. In two thousand eighteen conversation Thank at you. a Next. restaurant. <laughs> I was done. <laughs> I was so over it. I was like, that is so beyond. Me. Did you
0: stay for the rest of the date? You
1: did. I did because you I did. didn't know how Why do I you leave. T- Girl, call I me. I am the queen of that I stuff. I know. It was the most I'll leave awful. my family. I'll leave
0: my kids. No, oh, just gonna, girl. I was so, kidding.
1: I could not believe he actually had the audacity to use that term. That's just not, like, that's like the, goes, the kind of stuff that's not So okay you No, know, it's not. It was just like, crazy. And that's
0: when I'm, like, bye. Like, yeah, bye. turn off. I'm yeah, done after done.
1: that. I stayed and I was polite. Yeah, girl. see, good get for you. I, I
0: can't even do that. I'm like, I'll throw like a fifty down and be like, treat yourself. You need it way more than I do. Like, I'm I out. wish
1: I had done that. Honestly, like, I wish I had done that. I yeah. Was,
0: like, but, but, like, does that make you a good dater and me a bad dater or what? I don't know. I think dating's a hot mess anyway. Oh
1: my god. That's a that's a whole other podcast. We will get to okay. that someday. I love that. Yes.
0: Okay. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs>
1: um what sound or noise do you love waves crashing i'll take ocean i could sit and just listen to waves crashing it brings you that calm mm-hmm. it's kind of like the movement yeah. you know to, it, it, it really is because
0: if you close your eyes like and you picture waves it's the movement like yeah. you described earlier
1: and you know what's funny and i just realized this the other day during a conversation when we've talked about mindfulness and calm mm-hmm. my calm is very loud Interesting. My calm is the waves crashing or like dance and movement and the loud music, but the dancing that's happening with it and everything or that Kind of the beauty body that Body movements and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like my my calm is very loud. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was a big eye opener for me, actually, when I heard somebody say that. that I was is like, holy light interesting. Moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, mine is not. Your calm is the quiet?
0: My calm is like... It's almost like an outer, outer body experience for mm-hmm. me. My calm is being comfortable in my, like, thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because my mind's so busy all the time. Sure. I mean, you've seen me, like. Yeah. Like, One thing to the
1: next. Like, like just it's it's
0: just crazy. Flying. I ping pong all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so my calm's like a quiet, outer body, body experience where I can, yep. like, be with my thoughts. Yeah, and, and see them and work through them and that's sure. really calming for me that's really crazy yeah i hadn't thought about that with the palms yeah. um, you're loud maybe that's why we balance each other so much i could see that definitely
1: it's really wild what sound or noise do you hate anger <sighs> i don't deal well with confrontation mm. i just i don't love the sound of the that edge to the voice the tone yeah the tone I'm very sensitive to tone When people are speaking. I hate a negative tone. How do you feel (laughs) now? I'm just kidding. (laughs) That was fabulous. Thank you. You're welcome. Sing the rest of the
0: questions. I I can't, dude. I'm like losing my voice. I had a crazy like session last night with some tuning forks and I'm all, my electrical is just flowing through me and I'm losing my voice and everything's draining. Anyway, um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt
1: I, I wish I could be a dancer, but that was a hot mess, so that's not going to no, happen. No, it wasn't.
0: I've seen some incredible meatloaf performances And in <laughs> some interpretive dance that takes me way back to, like, 99. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gosh. If I if, if I can't be a dancer circa 1999, <laughs> um, I guess I, I would be a wedding planner. How nice would that be to deal How with? How ironic life? is that? Yes! I know! <laughs> messed up it's like, really fucking messed up i know but like i could just i could just plan but you like it events and like i just want the pretty even if they're bridezilla like i could still like you'd
0: be nice with that i'd be like
1: i keep have your fucking
0: money a... i'm out like i no. would be the worst
1: i like the calm i can de-escalate i'd be like honey we're gonna get you that bouquet of peonies don't oh. worry oh that and S- see m- sister we'll get those oof. those shrimp cocktails
0: i mean i'm there for a shrimp cocktail i know you are <laughs> thanks for speaking my lovely language. yes what profession wouldn't you want to do
1: oh I hate to be a politician I would suck at that
0: yeah same
1: oh same and my my history (laughs) girl we do not want that to get out in public oh same (laughs) there are pictures that are just not okay yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Ooh, Mm -mm. that's a good one I might have to change my answers to that yeah because I Honestly. always think about what my answers would be because I'm always asking the questions. Right. So I'm like, hmm, hmm. But that's a really good one. And it's young. funny because, um, my oldest son, mm-hmm. he, uh, is, well, you know him, obviously, uh, yeah. just very, um, He's basically an 8-year-old who, like, shakes hands and kisses babies. Like, he he's is... So sweet. He is that kid. Mm-hmm. So, and I always tell people, like, I hope he's not a politician. Because, like, yeah. my, my, even my dad calls him Mr. President. And, like, people Aww. at school are always like, is he running for office? Because right. he's just that guy. He literally... It takes him probably an extra 10, 15 minutes every single day to get down to yeah. my car and the car pickup line because he's talking to everybody and asking teachers how their day was and telling them to have a good night. Like, that he's, just like he's that way at eight, which is really God, he's funny. a good kid. But, like, that's my worst nightmare Shit. is that he would go into politics. Like, I do yeah. not want that for him. He might be in trouble. I don't want to even talk about it. Shit. Oh, my God. All right. And then lastly, um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you
1: arrive at the pearly gates? Nice fucking job. And they mean it, too, not sarcastically. (laughs) Again, it's all about the tone. Yes! (laughs)
0: Nice fucking job, girl. Just (laughs) like, you did it. Yes. You did it. Would you want a round of applause afterwards? Or would you just be good with the words? Slow clap. Ooh.
1: (claps) (laughs) And then, then I I mean,
0: I feel like we end the podcast right there. Clearly. Damn. Thank you. I love you. I love you. (laughs) All right, everybody. Have an awesome night. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at havetheconvo.podcast on Instagram or email me at havetheconvo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time.